The title of what I'm sharing with you is one word. It is the word rest. That is what we are speaking about today, rest. Would you please say that word? Rest. Now maybe just as you hear that word, you kind of feel, well, that feels good. Rest, talking about rest. And you think, I'd love to hear a message from the Word of God that speaks into the area of rest. Well, you are, I believe, in the right place, and I'm trusting that this will speak to your hearts. Now, if I was to give this a subtitle, this sermon about rest, I would give this as the subtitle, The Most Ignored Principle in Scripture. Think about that. The most ignored principle in Scripture. And I believe that rest is probably one of the most ignored, if not the most ignored. I don't know why it is. Somehow we think that we are indestructible at times. We think we're bulletproof. We think, no, 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 I don't need a rest. Those are for the weak people. I, I just carry on, I carry on. I pull myself together, pull myself by, by, by my bootstraps, and I just go ahead But I want to tell you, there is clear indication in the Word of God that this is a very, very important area for you and I to know and understand. Would you please turn to Genesis chapter 2, and we'll look at the first three verses. Genesis 2, verse 1 to 3. And I encourage you, please keep your Bible open during the time of sharing, because we're going to go to a few scriptures today. Now, the context here is that this is when God had created the heavens and the earth, and then we pick up our story here, Genesis 2 verse 1. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. So what's happening? God has just rolled out creation. He has separated the water from the land and created all the different uh, things that we enjoy and the flowers and the plants and the animals and so on. And he's just rolled out creation. And then what does he do as a matter of priority? Verse two, it says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he, you got to take note of that next word, rested. He rested. God, the maker of heaven and earth, he rested. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Verse three. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested. We're talking about rest today. He rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now think of how different this is to the world in which we live. We live in such an action-focused world, such a pressurized world, such a driven world, such a demanding world, a world that is focused on things like deadlines, productivity, efficiency, delivery, performance, capacity, targets, output, production, etc. There always seems to be something to do, but no time to rest. And when maybe you would like to rest, then the urgent things cloud out the important things like rest, and then you don't rest because you end up doing the urgent things, the pressing things. 
And so it's quite a strange situation that we find ourselves in. Yet, God demonstrated that rest is good. He demonstrated that rest is right, folks. He showed us that rest is appropriate and that we need to rest. Now, it's interesting because we know from Scripture that it says God neither slumbers or sleeps. Am I right? He never has to go and rest and sleep and wake up in a sense like that so that he can have more energy to carry on running the universe. So he never slumbers nor sleeps. So why did he then choose to rest on the seventh day? Why did he need to do that? And I believe that it is because he was setting an example for us to follow. Do you get it? He didn't need to rest, but he chose to rest because here the Almighty God was establishing a pattern, a pattern of rest. And I believe that for some people, they disregard this, they don't see this as important, but I believe that if we truly love God, we will appreciate and love the things that are important to Him, and so therefore we will walk in His ways, we will follow His pattern. And I wanna tell you, when you choose not to follow His pattern, it's actually a form of pride. You are saying, I know better than God, I don't need to rest. I'm bulletproof, I'm indestructible. But when you come into submission to the principles of God, God will bless you as a result of that and you will walk in the rest and the fullness and the abundance that he has for you. There are five things I'd like to share with you today around this. I'm gonna spend more time on point two and three, but I do have five points to share with you. Number one, the principle of Sabbath rest still applies today. Would you say that with me? The principle of Sabbath rest still applies today. And I'm emphasizing the word principle. Take note of that. Now, I want to make it very clear here that the law of the Sabbath rest, the law, the Old Testament law of the Sabbath rest no longer applies to us today, but the principle of the Sabbath rest is still there for our benefit and is a principle that still applies today. Now, just to say this, by the way, realize that we are no longer under the law. We are under grace, which has come through the cross of Jesus Christ and his life being poured out for us. We are under a new covenant, the covenant of grace. We live in this new dispensation. It's called the new covenant. I'm so glad I live in the time of the new covenant, not in the time of the old covenant. This is the new covenant. And the Bible says that it is a better covenant and it has better promises. Praise God for that. Now, in terms of this aspect, when when I'm referring to the Sabbath and having a Sabbath rest, I just wanna say and warn you that some people have begun to have an interest in this and they have gotten into terrible legalism bondage around this. And that is not at all what I'm talking about today. 
Some people initially, they start off and they just have this appreciation for, for, for the history of where our faith comes from and the Jewish origins, which is lovely. But then some people go overboard and they get caught up in a bondage, which is often known as Jewish roots theology. And so they take their eyes off the grace of the cross of Christ and they start to look at law keeping to make them feel righteous. All of a sudden, lots of ceremonies they feel they need to adhere to and so on. And, and, uh, and I've seen people that have fallen away from the grace of the cross as a result of that. And I warn you, don't get into Jewish roots theology. It will be destructive in your life. But... Also, just to say this, that my dad used to say, avoid legalism like the plague. How many of you think that's a good thing to do? Avoid legalism like the plague. In the very early years of my dad's ministry, there were a lot of pressures that came onto him and eventually it was so legalistic and women had to wear hats and ladies had to wear dresses and you couldn't swim on Sunday and you, you know, eventually it was such bondage and my dad got rid of that stuff and he said, I'm free in Christ and I live with the laws of God written on my heart and he said, I will avoid legalism like the plague. I never want it in my life again, never, because he saw the destruction he brought, it brought but just because some people have gotten into legalism with regards to Sabbath rest does not mean that you and I should not benefit from the principle of resting one in seven. And we can benefit from this principle that God has established. Amen? Now, I want to specifically challenge you today, and this is my challenge, that you would begin to apply the principle of resting one in seven days in 2021 as you are going into this new year that lies ahead. I am challenging you to think about this. And you might need to talk, perhaps as husband and wife, and just say, well, you know, are we doing this or aren't we doing this? Because I've come to discover that so many Christians do not take a day of rest. They do not follow the pattern that God has set for them. And if you were to begin to follow this pattern of taking one day where you really, you rest, you get replenished, and you are prayerful in your heart to the Lord, maybe read a bit of scripture and so on, you will be amazed at what it will do for you, and it could just transform your life. And I also want to say this, that... Um, under the principle of the, the Sabbath rest, that I believe it does not really matter which day it is. But as long as you take one day out of seven to kind of put your things down and rest and recuperate. I wanna ask you this question. Uh, do you have a day of rest every week? Do you have a day of rest? And maybe for some people, if you do, perhaps Sunday, today would be your day of rest. And you love to come and gather at the house of the Lord and be encouraged. And then maybe later on you go home and you, you have a meal together and then you rest in, maybe having an afternoon nap, you relaxed and you get replenished. And, and what happens is then Monday morning comes and you feel a lot more refreshed and ready to go. Maybe for some of you, a, a Sunday doesn't work. Maybe you love Saturday 
and Saturday is your time to chill and you go for a walk around the block in the morning and, and then you're watering your plants and you're relaxing and maybe spend some time praying and it's beautiful, it's encouraging for you. So in terms of Mandri and I, uh, for us, our day that works best is a Monday. We try to chill and on a Monday, I try not to get into my, note, uh, my, my laptop and emails and so on, try not to pay too much attention to my phone and and we'll just have a relaxed start to the day, maybe mid-morning go out for a little brunch and uh, drink some good coffee, you know what I mean? And uh, in, enjoy the day, be at peace. And Sometimes I also do some DIY stuff. You know, I might fix a light fitting or work on the pool and you say, John, but that's not working. That's working, but it's not working for me <laughs> because what I do normally is very different in the work that I do. And sometimes I potter around with my hands and do some things and sort out some things. And I actually really enjoy that. And I find it's restful and fulfilling for me. But here's the point, folks. The principle of the Sabbath rest still applies today. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, applying, point number two, applying the principle of rest in these modern times is not easy, but it's essential. Applying this principle of rest, it's not easy but it is essential. Now, in terms of this, I wanna share a specific illustration. Some of you may recall that in 2008, there began to be a pocket of revival that began to occur in Lake, uh, Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. It became known after a couple of weeks as the Florida Outpouring. It was under the leadership of a guy by the name of Todd Bentley. And I know that he was, to some extent, a little bit controversial because he was totally unorthodox and so on. But I mean, the guy had been raised by a motorcycle gang called the Hell's Angels, and he looked rough. He had tattoos just about in every part of his body, but he dramatically left, met Christ and began to be used by God. And so here, the Lord began to use him, and all of a sudden, people are coming from far and wide. And I know there was some controversy around this revival, but I want to say, take note of what God was doing. There may have been some elements of the flesh and so on, but I really believe the Spirit of God was at work at that point in time. People came from far and wide. Eventually, every single night, thousands of people were gathering, coming from all over the place. And uh, it was also broadcast live on God TV over many weeks and it was amazing to see, but through it all, as it carried on and on and on and on, I began to be a little bit concerned because they never rested. They never took time to take a break. And later on, things fell apart. It was very sad. And the disaster, I believe, could have been avoided if they had valued the principle of rest. You know what, afterwards, Todd's board, after things had fallen apart, Todd Bentley's board issued a apology for not having been better stewards of the revival. And this is what they wrote. The board said, significant personal issues in Todd's life as well as flaws in the functioning structure of our leadership resulted in, listen to this, an impossible pace to maintain. Seven nights a week 
for more than 15 weeks on end. That is 105 meetings. Can you imagine? 105 meetings, night after night after night, and also they began to introduce some daytime meetings and some evangelism, and they would go out and get training and so on. Can you imagine this ridiculous pace? And it goes on, and they said, we accept full responsibility as a board of directors for this lapse in judgment. We should have required that not only the team and Todd, but the entire outpouring rest for a minimum of one day as a week because God himself rested after six days as a pattern of his, for his creation. And if his yoke is easy and his burden is light, then there's no need to exhaust God's people in a fresh encounter with him. But this struck me. They said the following, that we should have required that there be rest a minimum of one day a week. Now, what baffles me is that there were many top leaders involved in, in this revival meetings that were taking place. Did they not realize it? But they chose to ignore this principle of Scripture. I want to tell you that some burnouts that you and I may have experienced could have been avoided if we would have applied the principle of rest in our lives. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? And even these spiritual leaders got it wrong. I think back to a book I read a bunch of years ago. It's called God's Generals. A book that was written by Robert Learden. And he speaks about some of the great generals of God, powerful ministers or healing evangelists that God had used over the last, I don't know, 150 years or something like that. They include some uh, real uh, powerful people like Amy Semple McPherson, John G. Lake, Evan Roberts, William Branham, etc. And in total, this book details about 12 of these generals of God that were mightily used by God. But you know what? In terms of these people, a number of them, in fact, I believe it is the majority of the 12 of those generals of God ministered at such a pace that eventually they were burnt out. They burnt out. Now I think at times they were thinking, well, the anointing is carrying them so, and there's gifts flowing through them, and this is so powerful, and the people want this ministry that perhaps they thought that they were indestructible, but they weren't indestructible. Let me tell you, the gifts and the callings of God and the anointing, God doesn't just suddenly take it away. You have to be responsible as God uses your life, even in the marketplace, even in what you're involved in. And so it was so sad that many of these great men and women of God burned themselves out. They knew God so well, but yet they burned themselves out because they didn't apply a principle. But let me tell you, the main thing that I learned in reading that book is this. Stewardship is our responsibility. Listen to that. Let me say it again. Stewardship is our responsibility. You have to steward your own life and your own body. Would you say to the person next to you, stewardship is your responsibility? Tell them that. It is. It's your responsibility. Now I think, well, how did Jesus apply this principle of rest when he was here on the earth? Well, one of the things is, do you remember Jesus would quite often go away to a solitary place. 
He would go pray alone in the garden. He would go pray on the mountaintop. And I believe that that helped him just to refocus, reconnect with the Father and walk out of that beautiful relationship. But there's another interesting story. Please turn to Matthew, sorry, Mark chapter six and verse 30 to 32. Mark six, 30 to 32. And so it says here in verse 30 of Mark six, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both uh, what they had done and what they had taught. So just to say, Jesus equipped his apostles and leaders and he sent them out and they went and ministered. They had a glorious time. Now they come back and they are reveling in the excitement of what God has just done. And then Jesus says this. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and there's a word there, rest. Please say that word. Rest a while. For there were many coming and going that they did not even have time to eat. The disciples were so busy with ministry, they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. And I find this quite interesting because the world would say, no, there's great momentum in the ministry now. Lots of people are enjoying this ministry. And so now we've got to keep on going. Add extra meetings, add extra meetings. And Jesus said, okay, come, we're going to sneak away. We're gonna spend some time away. <laughs> very interesting how Jesus handled this. What am I saying? It's very difficult in these modern times to apply this principle of rest, but we need to do it. It is essential for us, and Jesus did it. He actually said no to the pressure, and he took his disciples to rest. It's not always easy to get the much needed rest. And by the way, it says in the verse after the one that we've just read in verse 33, it says that the crowds ran after them on foot. Jesus and his disciples, they go in in the boat. The crowds are starting to run around the sides of the lake to try to get to Jesus and his disciples. But we still need to be determined to look after ourselves. Can I get an amen on that? We need to look after ourselves. And sometimes we need to get away to a deserted place. Mandri and I and Jason and Michael as a family, we were blessed to have a couple of days away. Uh, last week we were in the bush. You know by now that we enjoy the bush and I call my wife my bush baby. And so we enjoy being in the bush and, and uh, we were there for a few days and managed to go into Kruger Park a few times. We really loved it. And you know what? It did us good. I don't know. There's something about being in the bush and the quiet, which is so good for the soul. And I've got a little phrase which I've coined about my love for the bush. I say this, a day in the bush is better than seven in the bustle. Do you like that one? A day in the bush is better than seven in the bustle. Now, by the way, take note that Jesus took his disciples to a deserted place. Now, I know that there are people that when you have a holiday time, you say, no, 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 I don't like to go away. I just wanna stay. I just wanna stay right at home. And I realize that at times you can't go away. Maybe finances are a bit tight and so on. But sometimes you actually have to change your environment, go to a different place, a deserted place, a quiet place, a place of nature. You say, John, I don't have the money to go away this year. Well, maybe not this year. But what if you planned next year, let me just tell you, you can take a tent 
and your normal groceries that you would use while you are living in your house, and you can have amazing times of fun together with your family if you will go and camp. And so I just wanna say to people, if you haven't been on holiday for 15 years, you might actually benefit from going to a deserted place. And by the way, psychiatrists will tell you that after every 90 days, you should at least have a few days of rest and recuperation. It's not easy to always prioritize this rest, but it is essential. Point number three, if we teach ourselves to rest, we become more fruitful. You've got to hear this, and this is backed up by the Word of God. If we teach ourselves to rest, we actually become more fruitful. Now, as I understand it, ground that is farmed for six years, year one, two, three, four, five, and six, that is farmed and harvested and all of that, which after the sixth year, in the seventh year, is left fallow. Do you know what happens? The following year, the ground has renewed its vigor and it can be more fruitful afterwards. And people don't realize this principle. And I believe, you know, some people might say, well, no, I can accomplish way more. I just keep busy every day. I can't rest, Pastor. You don't understand me. I'm a busybody. I can't rest. No, you can rest and you can follow Jesus' example. And I want to tell you that if you will rest one day out of seven, you will be more effective and more fruitful in the other six days of your week. And you know what? You'll be honoring God. You'll be honoring God. Praise God. Amen. Now, just have a look at Exodus 23, verse uh, 10 to 12. Exodus 23, please turn there, verse 10 to 12. It says here, it says, six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. But the seventh year you shall let it, what's the word? Rest. You shall let it rest and lie fallow. <laughs> Some people say, no, 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 you don't let ground lie fallow. You just put in more chemicals and more fertilizer and so on. I wonder if that's not part of the reason why there's so many illnesses these days. So many artificial products and so many fertilizers and, and pesticides and so on. But it says it shall rest and lie fallow. What is this? The ground will rest and lie fallow. That the poor of your people may eat and what they leave, the beasts of the field may eat. In like manner, you shall do with your vineyards and with your olive grove. Verse 12, it says, six days you shall do your work, and here it comes. And on the seventh day, you shall rest. That's what we're talking about today. That your ox and your donkey may rest, and that the son of your female servant and the stranger may rest. And so this is talking about resting one day in seven, but it's also talking about letting the ground lie fallow in the seventh year. Now, I realize maybe you work for the banking industry or the medical world or insurance company, short-term insurance. I realize you can't go to your boss and say, listen, boss, I've been working here for six years. Can I have a year off? I don't think that's gonna go down too well. But maybe you can at least appreciate the principle 
And specifically, the aspect of resting one day a week, you can begin to apply. Listen to what John Gill, one of the well-known theologians, says about this principle. He says this, the law of rest was intended to show that God was the original owner of this land and that the Israelites were stewards of the land under him and to teach them to depend on his providence as well as that there might be rest for the land. Now listen to this. And so the land became more fruitful afterwards. Do you hear that? It became more fruitful afterwards, having by this rest renewed its vigor. Are you hearing what God is saying to you today? Are you hearing that if you will honor God by resting one out of seven, that in the other six days, you will be more effective? You would have renewed your vigor and be able to be more effective. And I wanna tell you that our times of rest will refresh and energize us for times of service. Point number four, be kind to yourself, pace yourself, because you are not a machine. Can I say that again? Be kind to yourself, child of God. Pace yourself because you are not a machine. Now, would you please say to the person next to you, you are not a machine. Tell them that. You're not. You might say, but John, the apostle Paul says that I buffet my body and I beat my body into subjection. But yes, that was said with reference to ruling over the flesh and not allowing any flesh to, to, to have its place in your body. And that statement doesn't mean that we should deny ourselves rest, but on the contrary, we need to take care of ourselves and be kind to ourselves. You know what I've discovered? Sometimes we are like tyrants over ourselves. We are. Sometimes we are like tyrants over ourselves. And sometimes you just gotta say, you know what? I'm gonna stop trying to perform for people's expectations. Sometimes we are performing for our, our, our parents and they're not even alive anymore, but we're still trying to perform for what dad wanted many years ago from me when I was 16. No, it's crazy. I wanna tell you, be kind to yourself. Allow yourself to have times of rest. You will benefit from it. Now, Bill Johnson, he's a well-known leader in America. He says the following, listen to this. Avoiding rest is a violation of our design. Isn't that interesting? Let me repeat that. Avoiding rest is a violation of our design. <laughs> you know what? Overworking might seem impressive to the world, but it does not impress God. And in the long run, we will pay the price. And I wanna say this. Let me just add this is that if you will have a time of rest every single week, a day of rest, maybe you will see great advances in overcoming that anxiety that you're struggling with. I believe that this world is struggling too much with anxiety, too much with depression, too much with mental health issues. But I believe that one of the things that can help if we will follow the pattern of the Lord God and so avoiding rest is a violation of our design. So what am I saying to you, folks, as I draw to a close today? What am I saying to you? I'm saying that you need rest. 
that I need rest. How many of you by a show of hands agree? You say, yes, John, I need rest. We do. And especially after this very unusual and challenging year that we've been through, maybe we need rest all the more. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying, folks, please, in this December period, prioritize that you will actually rest. <laughs> prioritize it. And then I'm also saying, as you go into the year 2021, would you make a new commitment that you will rest one day out of seven and watch the benefits, watch what God will do as a result of that? Point number five, which I said to you is very brief. Jesus invites you to rest. Child of God, do you hear that? Do you hear that from Jesus? Jesus invites you to rest. And just one scripture I wanna read. It says in Matthew 11, Verse 28 to 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you give rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The message translation says, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't you just love that? Learn from Jesus. Learn from me, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, would you please stand? Let's stand as we pray together. Let's pray together. Father, we, we wanna thank you for today. Truly that this has been a glorious service. We've had a glorious time of worshiping and lifting up and honoring the name of the Lord our God. And we just say, we love you, Lord. And Lord, we also wanna thank you for your word. We hide your word right in our hearts. We will not just hear it, but we will do it. And Lord, now I just wanna speak over your people, rest. Would you just lift your hands and receive this from your Father in heaven? Lord, I bless your people with rest. I bless them with rest. I bless them with rest. I also bless them with peace. That instead of anxiety, they would have peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He didn't say I give you anxiety. He said, I give you peace. And so I bless your people with rest and peace. And we pray this all in the matchless name of Jesus. And all God's people say, amen, amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful day.